say and I am your host Kay Edwards coming to you again from the progressive borough of Brooklyn right here on Radio Free Brooklyn what Brooklyn sounds like but before we start our show I want to do my housekeeping and announcements which is Radio Free Brooklyn is totally funded by our listeners so it's up to you guys if you want to keep these iconic shows on the air that you can listen to for 24 hours a day, seven days a week on Radio Free Brooklyn. You can listen to my show at 8 a.m. on Sundays. You can listen to Young People's Radio, um, which is also another Sunday show. You can listen to Art Corner. You can listen to a host of other shows. I mean, we've got such a lineup on Radio Free Brooklyn. Go to our webpage, radiofreebrooklyn.com. Look at the, go to our shows, our current shows, and you can scroll through all the different shows, music, talk, um, informational, all the shows we have there. We have something for everyone's palate. So go to radiofreebrooklyn.com, click on our current shows. If you'd like a show that you always listen to, you can sponsor that show, donate to that show, or just click the donate button. 
We appreciate everything that we get from you listeners because it's you guys that we do this for and it's you guys that keep us going. So we appreciate it. We thank you and we look forward to hearing from you. And now we can start the show. I trust that everyone is doing well today. In today's show, I want us to discuss how to renew our minds. But before we tackle that task of renewing our minds, we must first understand what does the concept actually mean? Like, what does it mean to renew one's mind? So we'll go back, starting with Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now let's look at that scripture more closely, right? I want to break it down for a minute. It states that we should not be conformed to this world. In other words, let's not behave according to socially acceptable conventions or standards, right? Just because everyone's doing something doesn't make it right. So simply put, socially acceptable behavior is behavior that is accepted as normal or appropriate within a social culture or subculture. So now let's see, a social subculture could be just two people. It could be me and my girlfriend saying, you know what? We're going to start doing this and we're going to make this socially acceptable. We start doing it around enough people. They start following what we do. Right. But then if that's the way things change in a subculture, then that means anybody, any two or three people could start doing something and do it in front of enough people and they start doing it. And then that becomes socially acceptable. So it can change at the drop of a dime right? Short meaning it's liable to change like the weather. How could you say what is acceptable and not acceptable if everything is changing so quickly? So with that thinking, is there really a standard of behavior or is it just do as you please? Something to think about. So, but now it says, but be transformed. And that means to make a thorough and dramatic change in the in a form appearance or character of that's what the word transform means so now if we have to transform our minds that means we have to make a dramatic change in the appearance and the character of what's in our mind okay now the next part by the renewing of your mind renew is to reestablish as in a relationship that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, so now you will become what is the good and acceptable will, expressing facts about ability or capacity of what God wants for our life. So when we think of the word renew, it's a verb, right? And verbs are action words. So you can't renew your mind if you don't put something into action, right? Just think about it. If a verb is an action word and renewing our mind, renew is a verb, you can't possibly renew your mind if you're not going to put something into action. 
that it takes some work to renew your mind. Your mind is not going to just be renewed because you said, you know what? I think I want to renew my mind. I think I want to, let me just pray to God and ask him to renew my mind. And whenever he gets around to renewing it, then it'll be renewed. No, that's not the way it works. You have to put work into it. But like all things, when we, when, when all things, what God wants us to do, he requires us to do some work and then he'll meet us halfway. Right. But you must first show that it's something that you want. So here we go. When Jesus stated to the disciples that when he left from them, he would send a comforter, right? John 14, 26 states, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit is here to help you renew your mind, right? God sent in the name of Jesus, that he was going to teach us all things and bring to our remembrance all things that Jesus said to them, right? But now, how could he renew our minds? How could the Holy Spirit help us renew our minds if we don't know what Jesus said? Right? So that means we would have to read the word in order to know what it is that Jesus said, what it is that he told his disciples, because if we don't do that, how is the Holy Spirit going to bring back to our remembrance? It can only bring back something that we already had there, right? We can only remember something if we encountered it before. So when it says that the Holy Spirit is going to teach us in all things and bring to our remembrance everything that Jesus said, that would require for us to do some reading. And not just reading, glossing over the words, but reading to get some understanding. So now how would we do that? Now that brings in what we can ask God for and he'll give it to us, which is wisdom, right? Because James says in one five, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives it all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. With this wisdom, we will then be able to understand what God is speaking to us. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we will then be in a position to understand the will of God. So there, James states it right there. He states it right clearly to us. In order for us to renew our mind, like I said last week, and if any of you missed any of my shows from last week or any of my previous shows, you can find them on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Go to my show page and all my archived shows are there. Or you can go to Spotify or iTunes. So now, James tells us, if we lack wisdom, ask God and he'll give it to us, right? And with wisdom, we can then understand what God is saying to us. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we'll then be in a better position to understand the will of God, right? Which is what Romans 2 told us to do. Romans 12 and 2 said, let's not be conformed to this world, but transforming our minds so that we could be, so that we 
will be able to prove that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So in order for us to understand the will of God, we have to first have wisdom and then the Holy Spirit can help us. But before we could even go to God and ask him for anything, we have to believe that there is a God, right? That right there to me is the first step in renewing your mind. Because if you don't believe that God exists, then all this is for naught. You're not going to go and you're not going to, number one, go and you're not even going to be thinking about the Holy Spirit. You're not going to go and ask God for wisdom because if you don't believe he exists, who, who are you asking? So we have to first, the first step, I think, when one goes to renew their mind, when they accept that God is who he is and that Christ is who he is, being the son of God, that right there is the beginning of the renewal. Once you can get that concept down, that's the beginning of the renewal. But for those of us who are already there, because there are a lot of us that are on that listen to this show, and there's a few of us that, that aren't, but we're already there. We already know who God is. We've already accepted Jesus Christ as our personal savior. He directs our path. He controls our lives. He leads us into all truth, right? So for those of us who are there, but have gotten stuck there, because you do know that there are a lot of Christians today that have accepted who God is, have accepted who Christ is, but they still haven't gotten to the point where they've started renewing their mind. They're still thinking the same old way, doing the same old things, following rituals, following rules, not getting to know one-on-one -on -one who Christ is and building that relationship. And when you renew your mind, you're also opening yourself up to get a relationship with Christ. Because then if you know the perfect will that God has for your life, you can only get to know Christ better. Especially since he came back here to show us who he was, why he came, to connect us back to the Father so all that comes with the renewing of the mind, all that. So that's how you can understand how, how we say some people just, I don't understand how they don't get it. I don't understand how they don't see it. That's if their mind is stuck in one place, if your mind is stuck on one way of thinking, that's all you think, that's all you see, that's all you know, then that's how sometimes you don't get it. And if your mind is closed, and you haven't taken that opportunity to have it opened by asking for wisdom and wisdom does let you understand and gives you the knowledge and the capability of understanding everything. When you have wisdom, you take the time, you take the time to actually think about what's happening. You can actually sit there and say, wow, you know what? I never thought of it that way. Or you know what? This is the reason why. But when you don't have wisdom, you just operate like a fool. You just go on your merry way and do whatever it is you want to do. So that's why it's most important 
in the process of renewing your mind to get wisdom, right? And 1 Corinthians 2.16 tells us, for who has the mind of, of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So here it is. If 1 Corinthians tells us that once we're born again, meaning we acknowledge who God is, we accept Christ as being his son. We then have the mind of Christ. All those things we were grafted into. So if we have the mind of Christ and Romans tells us if we renew our mind, we'll be unable to understand perfectly what God's will is for us. So we're already starting out at a good point. We already have the mind of Christ, but we just need to know and understand what it is that he was trying to give to us. So with the wisdom that we ask God for, reading of the word on a daily basis, asking for the understanding of the word that we read, and we then have the Holy Spirit, which comes in and helps us to understand, our mind is going to be renewed. Our mind is automatically going to be renewed because things are going to be illuminated to us. When we open up the book and we read, those instructions will be illuminated to us. Things that are happening in our life are going to become clearer to us. We will now have a better understanding and knowledge of why everything is happening, why we respond the way we do, and how we need to respond in order to get a better understanding or acceptance of one another, right? So if we have the mind of Christ, it should be easier for us to renew our minds, right? Because if we think like he did and speak like he did, then we will then walk like he did. That means replacing all things of ourselves that is not like Christ. Our speech, our focus, our thoughts, we replace them with what God states about us, right? So all these steps... All these steps, you see how one thing leads to the next, which leads to the next, which leads to the next, right? So if we start replacing our thinking of ourselves, if we start replacing the way we think and feel about ourselves, that right there helps us to renew our minds. Because when you're more confident, just think about it. When you're more confident about yourself, it makes it easier for you to adapt or even understand something else that might be going on in your world, right? So if we tell ourselves the positive parts, the positive promises that God has made to us, like Deuteronomy 13, 28, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you need the commandment, if you heed the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today and be careful to observe them. So here it is clearly stating to us that God said that we were always going to be on top and we were not going to be on the bottom. All we had to do was follow the commandments, follow what he told us. And all those things is love God, you know. First and above all things, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do not covet your neighbor's wife. Things of that nature, thou shalt not steal, murder. Those things we know, the moral parts of society that we try to follow, the majority of us follow, 
Those are the things that he's talking about. So even when they say about, oh, you still got to follow rules, you're not following any rules. You're just living like you normally live every day. Do you go out and kill somebody every day? No. Do you go out and steal something every day? No. Well, I should hope you don't. Do you go out? Do you treat your neighbor like you treat yourself? Now that one is questionable. Now that one right there, you may have to ponder because how many of us really treat our neighbors like we treat ourselves or like we would even like to be treated. So yeah, we have a little bit of work to do, but that's also comes in the whole portion of renewing your mind. Because if you start to see things differently, if you start to understand what God really wants for us in our lives, you will then begin to understand how it's so easy to love that neighbor like you would love yourself or like you would want them to love you. It's easy to not treat them like they don't exist or to treat them like they're second class citizens. It's easy to not do that. It's easy once you start to know. It's easy to not treat them like second class citizens. It's easy. So now another promise that God gave us, Psalm 139, 14, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That right there. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. If I feel good about myself and I know that I'm somebody, not saying that I'm better than anybody else, but I don't think of myself as being less than anybody else either. We're all the same. We're all the same. We're not all the same as far as the way we think in our mind, but when in God's eyes, we're all his children. So we're all the same. Of course, when you, if you have kids and you have more than one, yes, each one of them has their own personality, but you want them to have their own personality. But when it comes to saying where is your family, you don't say, oh, that kid's mine, but that kid's not mine. If it's your kid, it's your kid, right? Same thing when you're in the family of God, same thing when you accept Christ as being your personal savior, we're all the same. So once you know that we can now say, God Please guard and direct our minds. Give us the wisdom and the guidance of the Holy Spirit in all that we do and say. That's going to help us renew our mind. At the end of the day, all that is going to help us in the renewing of our mind. And here, we also have another promise from him in Isaiah 26, 3. He will keep us in perfect peace. When we keep our mind stayed on him because we trust him, right? It says right here, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. So God promises to keep our minds in perfect peace because we trust him. So if we start from the beginning, we know we believe that God is who he is. We know we believe that Jesus is his son. That's the beginning of the renewing of our mind to take those in, to accept those. From that, we then look towards asking for wisdom. 
Once we ask for the wisdom, that's going to give us the understanding when we read the scriptures in order to pick up the knowledge, in order to be able to discern what it is that God wants us to know because we're trying to get to his perfect will. And if we have the mind of Christ when we are born again, right, and we don't want to be conformed of the world, and now we also have the help of the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, that is going to guide us in all truths and bring back to our mind the remembrance of what God told us to do. Then once we get the wisdom and the Holy Spirit and we're reading, the only thing left to do is to just ask God to put it all together for us to help us walk down the path of renewing our mind. It sounds simple when I put it that way. And I know it's steps and I know to get to those steps, it takes a lot for some people. But if you really think about it, and if it's something that you really, really, really want to do, it can be done. It can be done. It just all goes back to, it all goes back to doing the action, understanding what it is that we have to do, being disciplined, asking for the wisdom, following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I want to, I want to read what the message Bible states about Isaiah 26 and three, the message Bible says people with their mind set on you, you keep them completely whole, steady on their feet because they keep at it and don't quit. Depend on God and keep at it because in the Lord God, you have a sure thing. So see setting your mind on God renewing your mind to keep it set on God. Reading daily renews your mind. Repeating all the promises that he gave you renews your mind. Believing what God has said about you renews your mind. Putting all the words of the Lord into practice renews your mind. A renewed mind is a tangible thing, right? It transforms everything that we do into a positive action. Our minds govern how we act, right? It governs how we behave and how we carry ourselves. So you can't just think that renewing your mind is just going to come by just thinking differently. It all goes back to doing the actions that we just went over and your actions, your actions will show the new mind that you now possess. And it's that simple. So with that, I think we're going to go to a music break and then we're going to come back and we're going to finish the rest of the show. Enjoy the music. So grateful that I'm still standing tall. I thank you for my tears, the pain. 
Welcome back to What Would Kay Say? I'm your host, Kay Edwards, and it's time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. Like I said, normally this part of the show, I usually have questions that people send in and I usually respond to them, but as of late, I haven't had any questions, so we're just going to go straight into the Op-Ed portion of the show. So now, for Op-Ed, I want to call this too little, too late. And I start off saying that because I was watching a news briefing that was given by the president's task force on health. They um, 
reconvene that force again because they used to have them like every day like Cuomo used to have his every day when New York was really in that whole um when we were going through that whole lockdown thing and we had so many cases of coronavirus but now they're seeing such an uptick in other parts of the country that I guess the president decided you know I need to now put my task force back on the TV to talk about how well my administration is handling this virus. So just taking a couple of notes, I was just jotting down a couple of things. And one of the speakers came up, Alex Azar, who is the Secretary of Health and Human Resources. And he was speaking about how the president and his administration has fought this virus from the first day that we found out about it. And from um, day one, we never had such, you know, such great leadership telling us, you know, how we need to deal with the situation and all the um, all the um, the different ideas. And and um, what did he say? Almost like everything that has been implemented, it's been, you know, such a, a positive a response and although we do see an uptick in some of the states that um didn't have it before you have to remember those states were at zero so now yes they they might be surging a little bit but we're getting that economy back working and everyone's getting back into the momentum of having life as it was normally and so he was pushing that he kept pushing that and every other sentence he kept saying oh, our leadership is the best in handling this pandemic. Our leadership is just the best with handling this pandemic. Then you had um, Robert Redfield from the CDC. And he got up and he spoke about the pandemic. And he was talking about how, because now they're seeing a lot of the young people who are ACEs, asymptomatic, they're the ones going around spreading this disease, right? Because they are not really... The ones that are getting it, they're getting it bad. But for the most part, people over the age of 25, between 25 and 45, they're not really contracting the disease in order for it to like break their body down, but they're carrying it. They're acting like host and they're bringing it to other people and that's how it's being spread. So this is what they're saying. So now with that, they're saying... Dr. Fauci, of course, when he gets up there, you know, he speaks and it's like, this is what you should be doing. You know, forget about what everybody else is saying, but this is what we should be doing. So, of course, he's saying they're stressing the hygiene, you know, with the washing of the hands, wearing the face mask. And he's saying now, you know, with young people, they need to get tested, even if they don't have any symptoms. They need to get tested to know if they have it, because if they have it and they don't have any symptoms, they are liable to spread it to other people their family other places that they go all that kind of stuff and we saw that surge when they showed the people in florida on spring break and how they showed the people in the adirondacks the young people how they were just partying and hanging out in bars and just drinking and in each other's face and they were living life because no one told them not to live life in that manner and that's the part I say too little, too late. Because now 
they're on the TV, not Dr. Fauci, because he was always saying this from the beginning. He stressed the urgency of the face mask. He stressed the urgency of social distancing, the isolation, the shutdown. He was totally for that because they needed to contain the virus. Like what we did here in New York, we can Cuomo and Murphy and I don't know the governor of um, Connecticut, but the three of them, they got together, they made a plan, they implemented the plan, they made it work. We see that it, we had a lot of deaths, yes, but we would have had far more had they not have stepped in and did what they did in the time that they did it. Had the rest of the country followed, although they didn't have as many cases as we had, but had they followed our lead and said, you know what? Let's just try to see if we can isolate. Let's just try to see if we can do this. Emphasize the washing of the hands and the face mask so we can contain this virus. But now you see it's spiking up in states that's like, oh, no, we can open up. We, we, we don't have this. It's not that bad. It's not that serious. They're following their leader saying we don't need a face mask, even in places that you can clearly see you need a face mask. And this is where it made me. I chuckled to myself because here it was. He wasn't on a podium. I didn't see him on a podium, but the vice president was up there talking the whole time. The vice president was talking and he was saying, you know, um, you know, we're doing really good. We have, um, we have, um, sent people from the CDC and from HHR to go to these places to go to the states that they're seeing an uptick in the number of cases we have people that are on it right then and there on the ground doing the footwork getting it under control and I'm laughing to myself and I'm like okay you want to do that now the virus been here since when since end of January beginning of February and you now is going into July you're talking about having people on the ground to get this stuff in order but the thing that got me was the reporters were then asking questions. Well, do you think that wearing a face mask is essential to, to spread, to not spread the virus? Because we noticed that in places where people wear face masks, that it does cut down on a number of people that are contracting the virus. So he answers and he says, well, we believe here at this administration, we believe that everyone should follow their state and local, um, the state and local leaders in whatever, you know, protocols that they put in order, everyone should follow that. And, you know, that's what we say here. Let the states and, you know, let the states handle it on their level and tell their people what's best to, you know, how to control this virus. So the next reporter asked, well, since you're saying state and local leaders should be followed in what the protocol that they put out, why is it that your administration went and held two rallies in two of the places that had the highest uptick in coronavirus cases. But you insisted on having these indoor events with as many people as you can possibly have without um, telling them that they should wear face masks and without telling them with the hand sanitizers or not telling them about social distancing. But you insist that everyone should listen to their state and local leaders and the state and local leaders asked you not to have these rallies. So when she asked that question, I started cracking up because I was like, good question. I want to hear him backpedal out of this one. You know what his response was? We here at this administration feel that it's everyone's um, 
constitutional right to be able to have free speech and the um oh my gosh what is that uh what is that uh amendment oh peaceably assemble and everyone should be able to come out and do their duty when it comes to voting and if they want to get together and express how they feel about a party or want to show their support to one particular leader or another they should be able to do that because it's their constitutional right I was like he just circumvented the whole darn question she asked why did you have to have that rally knowing that in those places the virus was spreading and you did it without even enforcing the face mask and having sanitizer available for the people? And if the, you're saying that they should listen to their state and local uh, you know, leaders, why did you not listen to the state and local leaders? Oh, it's everyone's constitutional right to be able to exercise things the way they want. And then he says, yes, everybody's responsible for their own health. Everyone's an adult and they should be able to make their own decisions when it comes to their health and well-being. I was like, but if you're the leader, the if the leader of the country states, this is what we need to do for our country to be safe, for our nation to be safe, for everyone to be safe, we need to wear a mask, we need to use hand sanitizer, we need to social distance, every state would have followed that mandate. But because there's no leadership to state this, and it's every man for themselves, Every state has to come up with their own plan, what they feel is best for their people. That's why you have such upticks all over now in the Southern belts, Texas, Florida, 5,000 cases in one day, 5,000 cases in one day. They hardly had any before. You see, this is where the importance of, yes, I always say voting your local leadership, state and local leadership, yes, your assemblymen, congressmen, but overall, we need to vote these people out that don't even think clearly when it comes to running a country and what's best for all involved. And then of course, you know, after she asked that question and then everybody else wanted to, he shut the, the whole conference then was shut down. They all took their he took his little whatever portfolio and they were like, oh yeah, thank you for, you know, showing up today, blah, 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 blah. And they all walked off the stage because he knew the answer that he gave. What kind of answer is that? And they also asked, and if the leader, cause she also put in there, why is it that other people wear masks and you and the president don't wear masks and everybody else in the cabinet wears masks and there's how many people that have now been tested that's in the cabinet have been tested for the and have coronavirus there was no answer for that because how could you answer how could you give an answer to something that you are blatantly defying you can't give an answer for that you cannot justify doing something contrary to what you should be doing and still want to stand on its constitutional rights.
So it's constitutional rights for people to just drop dead. Yeah, everybody has a constitutional right to to die if you want to put it that way. I mean, I just, I couldn't believe it. So my op-ed today was people make sure you vote. We have to change the climate that is going on in this country. And since they're not listening to this program, and if you know someone who can benefit from the information that I'm putting out on this program, tell them to tune in on Sunday mornings. Or if you can give it to them, you might not want to give it to them the way I give it because you might not feel as comfortable putting it out there as I do. Tell them to tune in 8 a.m. Sunday morning. What would Kay say? They can get straight talk, straight from me, straight talk. I'm going to give it because once I get it, I'm going to give it. But that just got me with the op-ed. I was like, I have to, I have to talk about this, this newscast that they had and how he was just trying to justify how he was trying to justify not, um, not with the face mask and the large crowds that made no sense. But like Dr. Fauci said, washing hands, wearing masks, that is number one. And the young people now, because we know that they are asymptomatic, they are walking around spreading this virus. They need to be tested and they need to be told wear face mask, wear face mask at all times when you're socializing with your friends and keep the distance because this is no joke until we can find a vaccine we need to keep ourselves protected. So now with New York having such a low, we've gotten our numbers under control. We're now, our governor has now implemented anybody coming into New York from the states that have a high number, they have to quarantine for 14 days because we can't have it. We cannot have another outburst of this virus in New York City. And we're already in phase two, thinking of going to phase three come July 6th, we can't have that when everybody's going to be moving around and out and about with the weather getting warm. We can't have it. It's just too dangerous, people. So on that note, it looks like my time is growing short. I want to say, everybody enjoy your day. Phase two has started. I do see more people out and about. Please wear your mask, people. Please wear your mask face, your face mask. It's very, very important. Wear your mask. And on that, remember our word for the month, which was obedience. Make sure you follow everything that has been told to you. And that's going to even help with the whole renewing of the mind of what we talked about. That's going to help with that. And that's all I have to say. Oh, I'll promise. I'll promise for the month. I'll promise for this Sunday comes from Philippians 4.11. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now that's something to think about. That's something to renew your mind with. So I want to say, God bless, be a blessing to one another, take care of one another, be kind to one another, stay safe. And until we meet again, God willing, next week, be blessed.